God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your truth. Heavenly Father, help us to glorify you by carrying your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it's all to glorify God. And... Um, we're on We Agnostics, and we're looking at once we've admitted and fully conceded to our innermost selves that we are an alcoholic and what that means to each of us, and that my life will never be manageable if I'm managing it. And then we're ready to have a different way of looking at our life. Now, until you admit complete defeat and are surrendered, you won't look for a different way of life. Now, what I've noticed in AA is people want a different way of life, but it may only be for a week or two or three. And the ego rebuilds quickly. And so we have to stay connected to that first step, that desperation of a drowning man to understand that of myself, I have no hope. And I have to hope in something besides myself to deliver me from this. And that's what We Agnostics is about. It's not that whether you're an agnostic or not, because we all are. Well, how can that be? A lot of people here go to church and pray every day. But the way uh, it was explained to me, we've never allowed God to direct my life. I may have prayed to God or believed in God, but I've never allowed him to work. I've never trusted in him and let him run my life. I've run it and wanted his assistance. Anybody do that? Or I would even run it, and then when it got screwed up, I'd want his assistance. But he was like my co-pilot. Now, this is not a co-pilot God program. God's the pilot, and we're in the back of the airplane. And once we think we're helping God, then we're in trouble. Because God doesn't need any help, does he? No. But we help God by letting him do it and getting out of the way. So I have to get out of the co-pilot seat every day and go back into the back of the plane. I don't think I've ever said that before, but that makes sense to me. So if, you're, if your day's going bad, get out of the co-pilot seat, get in the back of the plane, and let God drive it and pilot it. And so in this chapter, they start out saying that, you know, we have a problem. It's a simple problem. We have no power to live successfully. We have no power not to drink. Anybody agree with that? And so we have to find a power to live. Obviously, right, Stu? Obviously. It has to be obvious that I need a power to live and it can't be me. And then it says, how are we, and where are we to find this power? Isn't that a good question? He says, well, that's what this book is all about. So that's why we study the book. Because it, it shows, it's how and where I find the power. How do I find that power? How do I let him work in my life? And then it says we're going to talk about God. So the book on page 45 stops talking about not drinking, and it talks about God, seeking God, having God work in your life. 
And we're only on page 50. I think there are 57 pages. There's seven more pages in this chapter of powerful spiritual information. And we'll cover a few of them today. They're talking about um, how some people don't have prejudice against organized religion. Have you ever heard of that? Or, or cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs. Any cynical dissectors here? But that we found that people who were spiritually minded had, had more stability and usefulness than we had. So on the top of, of 50, it says, instead of looking at the human defects of people, anybody do that? And use their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. Now, I've done that. We talked of intolerance, but we were intolerant ourselves. <coughs> you can do that in a meeting. We missed the reality and beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. And so we missed the whole point about uh, the beauty of God and our creator and the world by looking at the human beings in it and saying, because of them, there can't be any creator. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Well, we never, we never really let God run our lives, did we? And so in their personal stories, they, they talk about there's a variation in the way the, the person approaches and conceives of the power greater themselves. And really what we're supposed to do at meetings is talk about how we let this power work in our lives. Not how bad our life was before we came to AA. But what happened? What happened in our lives as the result of working these steps? And a lot of speaker meetings today spend a lot of time on how bad it was. And then they say, I came to AA and things are great. Well, that doesn't help the new person. We all had a bad, bad lives before we came here. We wouldn't have come here. Right? I didn't wake up one day and say, boy, my life's perfect. I'm going to go to AA. No, we were a mess. But we want to know the result of the actions, how it's changed me. And that's what it's really all about. And that's what we should be talking about. And I hope I do that here at this meeting. It says, on one proposition, one question, however, we should be all agreed, all of us should be strikingly agreed that every one of us has gained access to, access to, and believes in a power greater than himself. Now, I can believe in it and not have access to it. Now, how can I not have access and believe in a power greater than myself? Because I've blocked the access. That's what we do. That's what it says on page 64. We have to face and be rid of the things that are blocking me from God. And that's what the fourth step is all about. It's the first time we actually look at our thinking and we see how we've blocked God out. God's always been there, and we're going to see that in this chapter. This power has, in each case, accomplished the miraculous. Has God done the miraculous in your life? Has anybody sober today? That's a miracle. Anybody have any, any contentment and peace today? There you go. The humanly impossible. See, it's impossible humanly for me to live uh, a spiritual life based on my power. 
he says, let's look at the record. So th these are really powerful paragraphs. We may only cover a few pages today. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. So in AA today, there could be a million people. They flatly declare, do you flatly declare that since I have come to believe in a power greater than myself, and to take a certain attitude towards that power and to do simple things, there's been a revolutionary change in my way of living and thinking. So there's, a, there's several points in this. All right. Since I have come to believe in a power greater than myself, that's step two, right? To take a certain attitude towards the power, that's step three. That God's the power and I'm not God. Anybody remember that? Anybody believe that? Yes. So I have to take a certain attitude, remember that God's God and I'm not God. And to do certain things, the steps. If I do that, I have to come to believe, I have to have a certain attitude and to do certain things. There's been a revolutionary change in my way of living and thinking. So if you're having problems and you can't stay sober and your life's unmanageable, you have to come to believe in a power greater than yourselves. You have to take a different attitude towards that power, and you have to do the certain things. If you don't do the certain things, nothing changes. And that's what the rest of the book is about, up to page 88. It's not that, think of 50 to 88, it's 38 pages. Anybody can read 38 pages? It's not like climbing Mount Everest. And it's, it's, it's pretty straightforwardly laid out. A revolutionary change in my way of living. There's a revolutionary change because I was under this delusion that I would find happiness and satisfaction in life if I did what? Managed well. That was ridiculous. The more I managed, the worse it got. So I thought, well, I'll be a better manager. Anybody try that? I'll do a better job today. It says, in the face of collapse and despair, and they use this, this, this word face a lot. Be able to face, to see it. In, can I, when I see my collapse and the despair in the face of total failure of my human resources. Now, if I don't face the total failure of my human resources, I won't give up completely on myself. Do you see that? I have to give up completely on myself when I face the total failure of my human resources. And this is what they found. A new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. And that's really what the promises are about that people read at the meeting. We get a new power, a new peace, a new happiness, a sense of direction just flows into us. So what are we doing when it flows into us? It just happens. Because we've, we've uh, believe in a power, we take a certain attitude, we do certain things that changes my way of living and thinking. And it changes my way of thinking because I don't believe my thinking anymore. My resentments are all wrong, my fears are all wrong, and I take harmful actions on the basis of that. And then I don't want to live on the basis of that. I want to live on the basis of God's will for me. And this happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple request requirements. You see, there's always a condition on this. It's not going to meetings. They don't talk about going to meetings here, do they? I don't see meetings mentioned at all. Let's talk about seeking and finding a relationship with God. 
in where you trust and rely upon God, and he's your director. It says, we're on page uh, 51. Once uh, confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, anybody confused and baffled by your seeming futility of existence? Anybody wonder why things are still going to crap, even though I want them to go better? And they showed the underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life. Leaving aside the Drake question, because that's separate, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. See, people come here and we blame alcohol. Alcohol was not my problem. Alcohol was the solution to what? Living a life based on self. Like Peter said, treating my emotions. And my emotions would build up because I was running the show and I didn't like the way things were going. Leaving aside, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. Can you tell somebody why living was so unsatisfactory? I was full of fear. Anybody else full of fear when they came in here? Full of fear and judging everything. And it was always going to be bad. Did anybody think any change in their lives were ever going to be good? It was always going to be bad. Now I say, well, maybe it won't be bad. Maybe it'll be good. We become open-minded, as only the uh, dying can be, it says. They show how the change came over them. Can you show that to someone? That's what you're supposed to do as a sponsor, is, sh is show somebody how the change came over you. And then they may want to do it. We're not here to talk or drink coffee. We're here to show how we were dying and baffled by the futility of existence and how the change came over me, and what, what, what did I do? And then I don't tell you to do it, you have to decide if you want to do it. I don't know what you should do, I can only tell you what I did. Now the book tells you what they did, and it's worked for me, so I said, well, why don't you follow the book? That's why we have this meeting. They show how the change came over them, and here's the deal, when hundreds of people, and you could say hundreds of thousands, or maybe a million, are able to say, now can you say this, the consciousness of the presence of God. Now when you're conscious to the presence of God, you're no longer an agnostic. Consciousness means awake to the presence of God in your life, in you. Today is the most important fact of their lives. They present a powerful reason why one should have faith. So this. This paragraph is so important. How do we go from belief to faith in AA? Well, we do it by coming to believe in a power greater ourselves, taking attitudes of that power, do certain things. We have a revolutionary change in the way of our living and thinking. In the face of all of this despair and collapse, we found the new power, peace and happiness and a sense of direction. Now, how does that happen? We have to wholeheartedly meet a few simple requirements. It doesn't say do half measures, does it? No, it says we're willing to go to any length, right, to get this. And then it shows the underlying reasons why we were making heavy going of life. And then we tell why living was unsatisfactory and how the change came over us. And then I'm able to say, the consciousness of the presence of God today is the most important fact in my life. And, and the reason that's the most important fact is that I know I can go to God now when I get back into Michael's thinking. 
I don't have to stay there. I don't have to stay fearful. I don't have to stay intolerant. I don't have to stay judgmental. I can have peace. I can have understanding. I can change the way I see things. It doesn't mean everything in your life is going to go great. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the way you react. And then it says, this world of ours has made more material progress in the last century. And this was written in 1939, so think about today. Almost everyone knows the reason. Students of ancient history told us that the intellect of men in those days was equal to the best of today. They were just as smart as we were. But in ancient times, material progress was painfully slow. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research, and invention was almost unknown. In the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition, all sorts of fixed ideas. They believed that if you went too far uh, west, you'd fall off the earth. Now, who told them that? Somebody did, and they all believed it. <coughs> Some of the contemporaries of Columbus thought a round earth preposterous. Others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical heresies. Why did they like Galileo? Because he said that nothing made sense if the earth was the center of it. It only made sense when the sun was the center of our solar system. And why did they like that? Why'd they want to put him to death? Because they wanted to be the center of their world. And they didn't like it. So why people at AA don't like to hear about God? They want to be the center of their world. I guess some people wanted to put me to death. I talk about God too much, they told me. I said, well, don't, don't come back. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Now, what about Columbus? Why is Columbus an example of alcoholism? I hope I can remember this, because I heard this from Joe and Charlie. Now, Columbus wanted to go west to get east, and everybody thought that was completely crazy. But he didn't want to have to go all the way around uh, South uh, Africa, Southern Africa, and then all the way across to get to the Indies. That's a pretty long way, and a lot of people didn't make it. So he had this screwball idea that he could go west to get east. So he, he had to believe that he could do that, right? So he believed that. And then he decided that he was going to do that. So he went to Spain. He was from Portugal. And he went to Spain. He got some woman to give him ships and all this stuff to go, right? So he's got the ships, they're fully loaded. He's going to go west to get east, and he believes he can do that. Now, he's made a decision to go. Now, where's Columbus? He's still in Spain. See, and that's what you do in AA. You're willing to believe, you make a decision to believe, but nothing's changed. So he had to take action. Now, Columbus was an alcoholic because there were three ships, right? And he was on the last ship, just in case. And the first ship had the special guy to look for the end of the world. So Columbus could turn around. 
You get it? But he went on the ship. And then they w sailed and they landed somewhere. They didn't know where it was, but it wasn't the end of the world. And they, they survived. And so then he went back to Spain. Now, when he went back to Spain, he knew. See, he had knowledge of God. He believed, he made a decision, he took the action, and then he knew he could go west. So when he went the next time, he didn't have to put the special sailor, because he knew. And that's the difference. That's, that's the whole deal of AA. We have to be willing to believe, we have to believe, we have to decide, we have to act, and then we have faith. And so those are all the elements of, of the solution to our, our disease in Columbus. Now what they, George Harley said, the reason he was really an alcoholic was because he didn't know where he was when he got there, and a woman paid for the whole thing. I don't, nobody laughed, but I thought it was funny at the time. <laughs> Did you laugh? All right, she laughed, so there. All right, don't turn the podcast off yet. All right. So it says, we asked ourselves this. Are not some of us just as unbiased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? And what he's talking about here is old ideas. Do you have old ideas? Am I willing to let go of all my old ideas completely? Because old ideas will hold me back. I don't need to do the fourth step. I don't need to do it right away. I don't need to read the book. I don't need to listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Blah, 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 blah. I'm doing fine. I'm sober 30 days. I can quit any time. How many times have I heard that? And, it, and then they talk about the Wright brothers and Kitty, Kitty Hawk. And you know, when uh, the Wright brothers flew the airplane, there was a reporter there, and he didn't want to report it because people believed that it was absolutely impossible to fly. And it says, was it not true that the best, best mathematical minds had proved that man could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege to the birds? And now look, we're uh, sending spaceships to Mars and who knows, whatever. It says, but in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. Now we want to have liberation of our thinking based upon our first step. We want to be willing and open-minded as only the dying can be. And they s talked about uh, uh, going to the moon. I, and they say, I bet they do it, maybe not so long either. And this was written in 39, and in 69, there was somebody landed on the moon. Anybody remember that? I remember that. Everybody watched it on TV. It was clever how they landed at 9 o'clock at night. You get it? So it could be on national TV. They didn't land at 3 in the morning. NASA's pretty smart, aren't they? He's looking at me. It's pretty funny. All right. I have a weird sense of humor. Um, is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new? And I think that's true today. You believe you turn on your computer, you push a button, and something goes in the air and lands someplace else. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I could watch a whole movie on 
TV that's screened. How do they do that? I wave my hand in the air. What, what's going on here? But I don't worry about that. It just works. So here's the question. Why shouldn't we apply to our human beings the same readiness to change our point of view? Now, this is a key question. If my human problems are impossible, I can't stop drinking, I can't manage my life, I'm full of fear, I'm full of judgment, I don't get along with everybody, I'm conflict with everybody and everything, that's a problem, isn't it? So why shouldn't I apply to that the readiness to change my points of view? So here's what they say. This is what an unmanageable life looks like. The first step, the second part. Are you having trouble with personal relationships? Anybody have trouble with personal relationships when they came in here? Anybody still having them today? Of course. We couldn't control our emotional natures. Anybody have an emotional nature when they come in here? We still do. Was I prayed, but it's not controlling me anymore. I'm having trouble with personal relationships, but not all the time. You get it? We couldn't, we were prey to misery and depression. Why was I depressed when I came here? Because I wasn't getting my way. See, depression in AA is different than clinical depression that I was taught in medical school 50 years ago. Of course, now everybody's on antidepressants, but depression when I was in medical school was really serious. You couldn't get out of bed, you couldn't dress, you couldn't function. Our depression is because we're not getting our own way. And I'm miserable. And who made me miserable? I did. We could make a living. Now, some people are still working. We had a feeling of uselessness. Anybody have a feeling of uselessness? Full of fear. I, I really was afraid to answer the phone towards the end. I didn't want to get the mail. It was just bad. If anybody came to the door in my office, I knew it was bad news. Anybody else like that? What a way to live. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Now this, this is what's called the bedevilments. We're bedeviled by this. It's to torment us. We're tormented. It says, was not a basic solution these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? In other words, the solution to all these things I just mentioned we should have a readiness to change our, our point of view towards that. Now, how do we do that? We see people in AA have done it. And we ask them, how'd you do that? How'd you change? And hopefully it's been through doing this, this action in the book and they can take you through this, the steps in the book. And here's what it says. When I saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, and that's what I did when I came here. I had to stop doubting the power of God. My ideas did not work. Is that true for anybody here? They're never going to work. But the God idea did. Now, my ideas will work if they're aligned with God's will. If my ideas are based on my self-centeredness, they're not going to work. <coughs> How do you know when you're in your old ideas? You don't feel good. You're fearful. You're judgmental, you're uneasy, you're irritable. The Wright brothers are most childish faith that they could build a machine. And what they're trying to get you here is ready to work the steps that are outlined on page 58, 59, 60, right? 
And then on page 60, they're going to tell us what our real problem is, is that we're selfish and self-centered. They don't mention that yet till 60. They're getting us ready to realize the desperation of our lives, that there's something that we can't fix. And then what the real problem is and the solution to that is a relationship with God where we're not playing God and he's God. So it says, uh, if they didn't have the childish faith, the Wright brothers, nothing could have happened. It says, we agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve my problems. Did it? No. I have to change from self-sufficiency to God-sufficiency. And this is why I have nothing against therapy. I have nothing against intense outpatient therapy or whatever that is. But it has to be God's, God's sufficiency. It, knowledge of myself won't help me except to understand that the more I know myself, the more I need God's help. I'm never going to understand myself well enough to have a manageable life and to quit drinking. I can't do it. I don't have the power. And Bill says that in his story, self-knowledge didn't fix it. Fear didn't fix it. And so they're going to, uh, I'm going to stop uh, here with, on page 53, and um, I'm just going to give you a little preview. This is a trailer. This is like the Avatar trailer, uh, whatever that is. I see it advertised all the time. It says, when we became alcoholics, crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? And we'll go through that. That's in the next few, few pages have powerful spiritual information. So I hope this was helpful. And we'll quit there. I'm sure uh, someone could relate to this. Thank you.